Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We are live. The Sports Detention Podcast. I'm your host, Grego. And just cutting in on my co-host, Potty. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Good. We are back. We're back, great yes. To see, great to see everyone, or have you see us anyway. Well, for those who are viewing, but yep. uh, and you know, have those who are probably sitting in their car listening to our dulcet tones. Yep. Very good, mate. Uh, we love you. Absolutely. Thank you, as always. Like, subscribe to the show. Mm-hmm. Get your downloads in. Get your comments in. Get your feedback in. And make sure you give us a big tick of approval on all platforms and get us, get us flowing in the algorithm, would you? Yep, we want to hear from you. We, we appreciate to- it. Um, mate, a massive week. Mm. Massive, not mid-season massive, but there's a, still a lot going on in the world of sports and entertainment. So, yeah, what's been catching your eye, mate? Mate, as you said, and I feel like we do say it every week, but um, there's huge things going on in the world at the moment. And, mm. um you know, something that caught my eye, um, it feels like a common theme that keeps coming up around um, around us, and uh, it's um, uh, Sydney Council. Councils, yeah, we, we give the councils a bit of airtime here at the Sports Detention, don't we, Pod? We do, we do. Now, mm. uh, Sydney Council has had to take some extraordinary steps, mm-hmm. um, particularly in, in a park and ride. Yep. yep. So, so uh, what's going on there is they have put up a, a sign and what they have asked people to stop doing is, and we'll bring up the sign for our uh, viewers. Okay. Uh, scan we'll down for us, mate. Scan down. Okay. Yep. Just hold on a second. I'll, I've got the sign here, but first and foremost, I'll just flick it onto the onto the screen for our uh, for our viewers. I'll just have to... Sorry, mate. I've um, I've butchered you. No, here. no, that's all right, mate. It's it's all about the viewing and v- audio experience here at the Sports Attention. Yes, yeah, so we can see here the sign, and uh, it says, "Please respect our neighbours. Don't defecate in the park." Yeah. <laughs> so <What>? our council <laughs> has had to take the measure of asking people. Nearly knocked over the on-air sign, mate. To stop shitting in public. Now. Well, I mean, yeah. You might be sitting there going, "Well, you know, there's shit. How common is it occurring? And how do they know it's human shit?" Well, well, that's that's a very good point because, you know, you're a pet man. Mm. I'm not a pet man. Yep. I I mean, the rules as clear as day for my kids. Look, if you want a pet, dad's going to shit in the backyard for two weeks. If you pick it up. And you're good with it, we'll talk about it. We'll have a chat. <laughs> and you haven't had, had that discussion yet, have you? No, no. However, mm. I do get a good giggle when I see people walking around with a bag. Yeah. And the bag of shit when yep. they're walking the dog, whether it be down the beach or anything like that. So, yep. yeah. I love it. But people are pretty confident here. Uh, the Sydney Council is pretty confident that this is human shit. Do you know why, mate? Why is that? Because it's been found with toilet paper. <laughs> So, I thought you were going to say there was corn in it. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Oh, oh, so, yeah. Look, I'm going to throw my um, support behind the council here. Can you stop shitting in the bark? Yeah, oh, well, that's fair play. <laughs> fair play. So, uh, yeah, ride council, getting on the front foot. And as they say, mate, it's not official unless it's in writing. That's right. And it is in writing. It's Big, in writing. clear letters. Yeah. Big clear letters for the uh, the punters of ride. Yep, indeed, mate, indeed. What else, mate? Something else that's caught my eye. Now, there's been wind of this for months now. Mm. 
Nathan Cleary. You know Nathan, mate. Big fan. Nathan, yeah. Mm. He's on the wall, mate. He's on the wall, mate. He's on the wall. And uh, Mary Fowler. Yep. Yep. So you've been you've been keeping the your love eye story, on, mate. The love story. Everybody mate. loves a good love story. Everybody loves mm. a good love story. And apparently, over the past week, mate, they have become social media official. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is similar to the putting it in writing. That's right. Uh, in terms of relationships, it is. Fa- Used to be the old Facebook official, but yeah. it's now broadened yeah. due to the uh, the nature of uh, social media platforms. Now, to its social media official. That's right, social mm. media official, and that means that basically anyone, including people like us who like to report on things like this, who like mm. to discuss things like this, um, we're going to jump all over it, mate. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I think it's a great love story. It's a fantastic it's, love story. Um, I mean. They're both in the prime of their careers, though. When you think mm. about a female athlete, is Mary Fowler 21, 28? Yeah, I think she was yeah. 20 like, during the um, World I mean, Cup, so, yeah. You're at the peak of your powers as a female. Because, I mean, let's let's be fair, Dinkum. Mm. You know, a lot of female athletes, you look at someone like Ash Barty, an absolutely tremendous athlete. They, yep. they may have aspirations on having a family, and, and their, their career windows are different to the men. Certainly are, certainly mm. are. So uh, first thing I thought to myself was, oh, good on them, you know, mm. how fantastic is that? But then I jumped on it thinking, well, they are very quickly going to become one of the power couples in Australian sport. And I thought maybe even a power couple in world sport. Well, I was thinking a bit different to you. I was thinking about the future of Australian sport. I, yeah. mean, I mean, I was being a bit selfish. I was yep. just thinking what type of super athlete they could create. Yes. But anyway, let's, yep. Yeah, let's, well, yep. you're thinking long-term, aren't you? Mate? I am, yeah. Yep. And, and it got me thinking about um, the different power couples in the world and, in fact, the top five. What? Hold on. Oh. Hold on. Oh, He's on. got... He, yeah, oh, we're doing it again. What's the question? Yeah. What? Rightio, second week running, what's the question? So for those who are new to this, what's the question? Is Potty, you'll just pose a question and, and I'll give him the response. All right, here it is, mate. What we got? Who are the top five power couples in world sport? Now, this is both past and present. Yep, so you're not going to ask me to just throw them out there. Nope. You're just going to give me a few and I'm, I'm going to rank them. Yep, I'm okay. going to give you a couple. Yeah, I'm going to give say you five and you are going to rank them. But okay. the catch is... I'm just going to give you one at a time. Okay. So you've got to give them a one to five. All right, let's go. What do we got? Okay, so first of all, I'd like to throw a couple of honourable mentions out there to Travis Kelsey and Swifty. Yep. Oh, they're only early and you mm. still haven't got them on there. No, no honourable okay. mention. This is going to be tough. And uh, then I'd also like to throw an honourable mention out to past couple, Clint Newton and Jennifer Hawkins. Uh Apparently, apparently, oh. Clint. Oh. 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 I remember reading that. Clint Tell Newton. you what, how many lottery tickets would you have bought in that bloody relationship, Clint? Punching so, well above. Is he what? I remember hearing though that um, he uh, ended up breaking up with her to focus on his football. So well done, Clint. Oh. <laughs> that was before Miss Universe. <laughs> It's not you, it's me. That is allegedly, but <laughs> anyway, we're going to go with it. Uh, all right, mate. All right. So, what are we uh, number one to five, uh, Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf. Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf, in terms of longevity, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got to respect that. I'm going to put them at number three. Number three. Okay. Now, speaking of Andre Agassi, yep. I've, I've got a bone to pick here, and mm. I'm sorry to throw a spanner in the works straight on yeah. this, what's the question, <laughs> but Andre Agassi. Barbara Streisand, 
Brooke Shields, mm. Steffi Graf. Yeah, oh, I know. He's got a type. He does. He loves a chick with a massive hooter, <laughs> doesn't he? Like, if you look at the hooter on Steffi oh. Graf and on Barbara Streisand, Andre's got a type. Mate, you've just torn apart some treasures of the world. <laughs> So did uh, Andre, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm going to put him at number three. I love the longevity of that relationship. Number three. Okay. Now, the next, the Beckhams. The Beckhams. Yep. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Come, where are you going to put them? The they're, going at, they're going at number one. Number they've got to go at number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know they've had their, but, I oh, mean, the Beckham documentary's just dropped. It was an absolute treasure. I love the story. Manchester United. It's got to be number one. I knew you would, mate. I had a feeling you would. Okay. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, Marion Jones and CJ Hunter. <laughs> I mean, in terms of success in the window that they had, they were pretty good. They've got to be number five, and, and that's purely – you can blame that on Bulko. Yep. <laughs> So outside um, influences, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Victor Conte, how dare you? All right, so I think we've got um, number four and the number two slots still okay. open. Uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Oh, they've got to be number two. Number two. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Long, the, and again, longevity, but also to both being in the public eye like they were. They're up there with the Beckhams. See, we go down to Agassiz and Graf. Steffi was finished. Yeah. You know, so it was really mm. just Andre in the public eye towards the you know, at the beginnings or the genesis of their, their marriage. So. Yeah, yeah, of course, mm. of course, yep. Number so, four, who's number four, mate? Ah, uh, yep, so who's your number four? Okay, so had to go this one because of our recent publicity. Candace Warner and her partner uh, recently retired and someone who's represented their country in uh, many disciplines, uh, Sonny Bill Williams. Oh, <laughs> oh, how dare you? How dare I? How dare you? <laughs> Oh, are you going to change that or are you going to stick with it? <laughs> Number four. Number yeah. four. Poor bloody CJ Hunter and Marion Jones are blowing up. Yeah. How did that happen? Oh, oh there we go, okay. mate. So that's, um, that's, yeah, the top that's five. my top five, mate, for the week. So uh, back to uh, what's, uh, what's caught your eye, mate. What do you got for me? Mate, uh, what has caught my eye this week? And I'm thinking, I, I mean, I... I have, I've had a bit of a bee in my bonnet this week. Flags and handshakes, mate. Watching a lot of the Australian Open. I love it. I really enjoy the tennis. It's probably the, the window other than Wimbledon where I really dive in and, and immerse myself mm. in the tennis, the Australian Open. However, I couldn't help myself but notice, you know, obviously they've got the no flag for the Russian team. Yes. But then, obviously, I'd... I hadn't really been paying much attention, but I didn't realise that uh, the Ukrainian athletes were not shaking hands with the Russian athletes either, or the Belarusians. So I was watching Azarenka play yesterday, and I noticed that at the end of the match, she lost the match to her competitor from Ukraine, and she just walked off. Yeah, However, right. I did a bit of research on Azarenka's, you know her public statements in terms of the war in Ukraine and the invasion, the Russian invasion, and she's been very, very much on the front foot saying, you know, how wrong it is. Yep. I don't understand why we live in a world where a tennis 
organisation goes, we're not even going to let you put your flag up, but then on the back of that, don't shake their hand. I don't see how you could look at it and go, oh, yeah, it says something, it keeps people talking and this, that and the other, but there are many Russian citizens who live in Russia who disagree with what has happened. Mm. There are so many... Would it's it an not interesting be, point you raise, isn't would it? Would it not be more effective if Azarenka mm. stood at the net, shook hands and hugged her Ukrainian opponent yesterday and they both made a stand together in the world's eye over what could be done to eradicate the atrocities that are occurring overseas? Yeah. Well, Is I that think not fair, more effective? I think that's a fair point. I get the Olympic flag for the for the you know, the Russian team, because that was a sporting sanction. Yep. However, this is a political sanction, and I think it is – it's it's piss poor, if you ask me. To be honest with you, I think it throws all Russian athletes into this basket, which I think is – it's unnecessary. Yeah, so from Azarenka's point of view, um, if – is she trying to, um, like, Publicise the issue? Is, is, well, is she's, she, is she's, she she's getting more traction There's been by, statements have made by her yeah. saying that she disagrees with the invasion and she, yeah. she, you know, put out a state. She's she's made mention of that in the past. So it's okay. not like she's saying, oh, I, I completely agree and I back my government or I back the Russian government because she's Belarusian, yes. you know, which is, you know, obviously. It, you know, just for me, I, I looked at it and I was like, this this stinks. Mm. You know, the, I, I mean, and, and this is... A controversial take, but let's not get all politically correct here. How many American flags were taken away when they invaded Afghanistan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I don't think for one second that American flags should have been taken away. No, you're, I'm, you're I'm just, just saying yeah. that it's very easy to poke a stick at Russia, but you know, you're poking a stick at the wrong people. Yeah, you're poking a stick at the athletes. Many of them live in America. Yeah. They're representing Russia, but they reside in Florida. Yeah. You know, and they, they, without taking an opportunity to use these athletes who have immersed themselves in, say, American culture, in, yeah, well, you know, around to use that as a bridge to try and bring the world closer and understanding the true nature of what's happening, they've just driven a wedge. Yeah. And, and that for me, I was just like, you know what? And I know it's a, it cuts pretty deep. But mm. I, I just for me it was just piss poor. I'm yeah. just like I, I don't think this is the answer. There's mm. got to be something better we could be doing. Yeah, mm. it's a fair point. It's a fair point you raised. <sighs> but anyway, I'm not going to back down from there. Either, no, mate. mate. <laughs> Headline. Yep. The ball's on her, mate. Hayley Davidson silences the haters with a big win on tour. Yep. Have you seen this one? <laughs> the golfer. Now this is controversy. Trans golfer Hayley Davidson wins women's tournament, increasing chances of LPGA qualifier. So trying to get on the tour. Now, Hayley yeah. is a, is a Scots, Scotswoman now. She was a Scotsman. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> However, she's playing on the obviously on the on the local circuit the local tour and she's picked up a couple of wins and she's obviously looking for a qualification to the LPGA. Yeah. Now, mate, 
I'll be as clear as day. You're born a bloke, you're a bloke. Mm. You know, that's where I stand on this. And, you know, at the end of the day, what happens in your, your personal lives around that, and there, there's no way you can blur that in sport. Yep. If you want to wear a dress and walk around the streets, then that's fine, I don't care. Yep. But when it comes to competition and the way that there needs to be clear boundaries, that's that's my position on this. Yep. However... It is get, golf is one sport where it's really getting blurred. I've swimming's had their issues with Leah yes. Thomas and the like, but yep. golf is where they're sort of they're slipping under the radar a bit. Yep. And um, and if I was a female athlete competing in golf, I'd be pissed. Yeah, I'd be upset. Um, however, I did. <laughs> Dig a little deeper into this one, and um, along with the trophy and the five hundred league points, which are the league points are going to help Haley in terms of her qualification for the LPGA. Yep. I, hopefully, there's someone stepped in. But anyway, she was awarded two thousand three hundred fifty-three dollars, increasing her season total to six thousand two hundred seventy-three dollars, and her career total. Excuse me, <laughs> I almost vomited in my mouth, <laughs> to $8,656 over eight events. Yeah. Big cash. Now, let's be fair, Ingham, she couldn't even get a boob job with that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even get yeah. a boob oh. job with that amount of money. No. Come on. So it's not like she's, she's ripping off... You know, in terms of big award winnings or or cash, it's not the cash that's the the issue. It's the ethics around yeah. it, isn't it? But anyway, yeah, it's <sighs> it's definitely a growing issue, and it's mm. it's not something that we've heard the last of. It's not, and it's so unfortunate. And it is. you know, I wish I wish that more female athletes who disagreed or or probably, you know, were of the same opinion that I I am of would would. You know, step up and speak up about it. Yeah. Go, you know, this is nonsense. Enough is enough, you know. And and that's not intruding on the private lives of people. No. You know, the private lives are the private lives of people. But when it comes to athletics and competition, it needs to be as clear as day. Yep. Um, right, yeah, the last one we've got, mate. Um, the utter disrespect. Um, I was trawling on the... Um, Trawling on the internet over the week, and um, I haven't realised. I don't know if this is like a thing. Uh, however, there is. How long has it been since you've been clubbing? Oh, mate, clubbing. Yeah, like been to the nightclub and yeah. just made it a regular deal. Uh, oh, yeah. So more, more obviously, be before the vape trend. Yeah, of course. Now, what I've come across is absolutely disgusting. Mm. It's utterly disrespectful. But bloody hilarious. Yep. So have a look at these chicks who are getting around the nightclubs and they are handing out <laughs> what looks to be a vape to male punters, but it's actually a tampon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. these blokes are just listening to the music and then... <laughs> it's getting passed around. Then they're looking at it. It's got this string hanging out the oh. bottom. <laughs> the disrespect, oh. girls. Oh, mate. Yeah. It is so funny. Oh. However, oh, mate. <laughs> That's. Oh. oh, the disrespect! Absolutely, absolutely. All right, mate. We've had enough of the. Oh, uh, of the days when you used to go out clubbing and just worry about getting your arm siggy burned all night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, right, yeah, mate. Should we get into the footy? Let's go. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here. Rightio, footy chat, mate, been very, very quiet on the footy front, hasn't it? Sort yeah, it just, has, mate. Yeah, it post has. New Year, teams just getting back into their stride. I'd say it'll heat up in the next couple of weeks with trials around the corner. Yeah, definitely. The um, there'll be a lot of stuff coming out in the media over the next few weeks. The journals, the journos will get that pencil out and start whipping up a few stories for us and get mm. us all interested because yeah. uh, trials about oh, probably only a fortnight off. Yep. Yep. Um, however, there will be a big uh, change to the trials, mate. The the dropout rule change. You yes, saw that during the week. I did. Yes. What do you think, mate? What are your thoughts? I got mixed up between thoughts and what do you think? Yeah. And I said thinks. You thinks. What are your thinks? Well, um, me thinks are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Like, <sighs> is it too much of an advantage the attack here, to the uh, defensive team? Um. Or the team that's conceded the um, the repeat set, or yeah, supposed repeat set. So what we're looking at now, instead of being a penalty, it's going to be basically um, a play the ball on the ten meter line, correct? Yeah, if yep. it if it if is if an infringement, if it goes yeah. out on the fall, doesn't go the ten, you know, you know the drill. So basically, it's um, a, f- a free throw at the stumps for mm. the um, team who's taking the dropout, which is what the NRL want. They want more competition. Yeah. Um, so. I don't really love it because, for me, um, the dropout was always something that you work towards, a way of grinding. You're going to see less people going for dropouts now. I, I couldn't agree with you more. This, this was probably the main concern I have about the rule mm. is teams that have the ability to turn the screws yep. could have that you know, flipped around on them with just the luck of a play. Yeah, you know, it was still an there was still an element of risk on the team dropping it out that they would concede a penalty. Yeah, you know, which is either two points in a big game. Yes, or potentially, you know, a solid attacking set starting from 10, 10 meters out. Worst case scenario. Yeah, I I think it discourages the turning of the screws. Yeah, um, you know, which I I think I have an issue for definitely with sides that have that ability. I think it's. You know, it works in the favour too much for teams who are conceding mm. field position. Yeah. Mm. And also, too, on the back end of that, you've got the seven-tackle set. Yeah. So if you go too deep, it's a seven-tackle set. If you go, you hit it perfect, then there's a chance, a 50-50 chance you're going to turn the ball over. Yeah, I think it's, you know, yeah. But anyway. I think it's the purest in us that doesn't really like it, mate, because the NRL loves it because they hated it when great teams, and I guess you're going back to your Melbourne Storms, perfected the art of just grinding teams out of it and just saying, okay, you, you've got to come off your one-metre yeah. line so uh, it all adds, day long. So it adds an extra an extra layer of competition there because you're competing yep. now over the ball. But I think, I think as you said, there's probably going to be um, – uh, an imbalance now on the other side. Mm. It's not enough advantage for the team who's um, providing that dropout. Because what it did was it, over the last two seasons where it's really taken off, what it did is it differentiated the the kickers with the skill mm. who were willing to take that risk. So this automatically, this almost takes it out of it. Yeah. Because any any Joe Blow can just pick up the ball, you know, who's playing in, on the field yep. and go and drop kick it, 50-50, you get the ball back, but the likelihood is you don't know, 
you know, you know, you haven't got the skill yeah. of one of the top level players, and you know, what's the worst thing? You just play the ball. Yeah. You know, I I I don't like that part of it. Look, perhaps in order to balance it out a little bit, if they want to go with this, they don't want to give away the points. What they could perhaps do is something along the lines of, um, you know how you can't touch the ball. Neither team can touch the ball until it um, passes the um, 10-metre line. Or, yep. um, perhaps they could say, well, the defence, uh, sorry, the, the team who's receiving, they can touch it whenever. There and But the defending team, they can't. Touch it at all. It's got to clear the 10. Yeah. I know there could be issues with that, but what that would allow to happen Don't is have a 10. Don't have a 10. Rugby doesn't have a 10. Yeah. It's yeah. basically, you know, if on a free kick. Yeah. Um, or the, is it the 22 from the yeah, 22 dropout? Yeah, I think it's 22, there's, yeah. there's no, no 10. Um, look, speaking of rugby, yeah. I may, I've mentioned it past. I don't know how far away we are from setting your second rowers up on the 10-metre line with two blokes either side of him. Yeah, yeah. It's um, When are we going to see it? Oh, you know, well, it's, yeah. I'm going to make a bold prediction here on the Sports Attention Podcast that by round 10 We're gonna of this year, it. we are going to have seen the defensive rugby-styled dropout play. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting because you, you, you can't tackle someone in the air either, even no. if he's been held in the and air by no, two of his mates. There's no rules to prevent yeah. players lifting... In, in rugby league. Mm. Well, if that happens, I definitely don't like it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Yep. But, it, you know, we're, we're mad as hell if we think that yeah, uh, NRL squads aren't already practising this. Exactly. Or they aren't already preparing, you know, alternate ways of, of managing this short dropout. 100%. Mm. Uh, another thing that I, I saw, mate, was uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. sniffing yep. around Red Hill. What do you reckon? Is much in it or is it just... A bloke hanging out with the boys. Uh, I reckon there's a bit in it. No, yeah, I re- okay. I, I, I don't think that his boxing career is um, going to... Oh, I think he'll be back in league. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's my, that's my thought. Um, I, well I done can't, for having a go. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. I, I think the, the what leads me to, to follow your line of thought, mate, is remember when Chuck Mundine left NRL? Yeah. Left the NRL? Bang, bang, bang. He was straight into boxing. Like it was fight after fight and it was lined up. And boxing has a way of giving you fighters and, you know, being able to build your record until you, you know, get to a higher competition. And Tavita hasn't even had another fight. No, that's right. You know, my thought would be that if he was going to go for this, he'd be in the gym and he would already have fight after fight after fight lined up. Yeah, that's right. You know, Mm. a couple of blokes, he's a reasonable chance of getting a, Pretty quick victory off, and then he builds, yeah. he builds, he builds. I mean, he's not young. I think maybe it's getting towards that stage where he's like, oh, geez, this is probably a bit harder than what I thought it was going to be. But also, too, and, you know, he walked away from, I think it was 800k a year yeah. at the dogs. Like, yeah. I mean, once that's um, the interest rates are going up, you know. They it's, are, mate. Yeah. They are. So it won't surprise me to see him back at league. I don't know yeah. how much money the Broncos have up their sleeve, but um, I, d- I don't know if it is a money thing for for Tavita though. Mm. It may not be. Yeah. I mean, that was what he said. One of the reasons for leaving the Bulldogs was, you know, the whole idea that I felt like I'm turning up for a paycheck. But yeah, you know, so that might not provide the hurdle that it appears if it does mean signing for a club like Brisbane, where he obviously yeah. wants to go back to Brisbane. And we, yeah, we. Yeah, I just I find that hard to believe, but you know that's yeah, could well be the case. Yeah. All right, mate. So, some what discussion got, points. So, do people hate Gutho? 
Give it to me straight, Grego. That's what I want to know. So I was... um. You're asking the wrong person that question, though, mate. So I was down on the weekend catching up with some mates from uni, and one of my mates, big Roosters fan, but I forgive him for that, and uh, we're chatting all things football as we usually do, mm. and he brought up Parramatta and he spoke about how much he hates Mitch Moses. And Now, that wasn't a surprise to me yeah. um, because... Uh, Mitch Moses has been a bit of a polarising character, especially over the early part of his career. But he said, the only person I can't stand more than uh, Mitch Moses is Gutho. And I was I was taken aback. I was like, the king! Yeah. The king! And so I did some more research and asked my wife, who's a big rugby league fan, I said, is this a thing? And she goes, yeah, it's a thing on the rugby league forums. Oh, they, really? They don't like the king. See, I don't find myself on rugby league forums. No. Like, because I have a life. But, <laughs> um, you know, if I was going to, you know, dig around the depths of the dark internet um, in forum format, mm. um, I could imagine there'd be some shit on there. Yeah. Um, look, I – see, I – I can only speak for myself personally and I'm I understand and I have a I feel as though I've got a real you know depth of understanding on the tall poppy syndrome here in Australia. I hate it. Yep. It absolutely it drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. And I think that because of the way Gutho plays and when it comes off he leans into that tall poppy, okay. you know, realm. Yep. It's like Nathan Cleary. Yep. How could you not recognise how good Nathan Cleary is, yet everybody just gives him hate, yep. if you, unless you're a Panthers fan? I, for me, it just it, – it, it's bananas. Yep. Like, and that's I think that's just Australian culture is – you know, which I don't like, mm. I don't agree with, is just this idea that we could just knock people because they're having some sort of success. How about lower. we – celebrate success. Yeah. How about we celebrate the fact that, you know, I support the Panthers. Gutho's never won a premiership. We've won three in a row, but I can still recognise he's a darn good player and when he's on, he he's a good footballer. Yeah, well done. That was a well put, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I you know, and it's it's like Cooper Cronk. Yeah. Cooper Cronk goes, you know, spends a whole career and this is going leaning back into your rooster mates, mm. you know, point here. He plays a whole career at Melbourne, extremely successful, and then comes over to the Chooks mm. and does what he does there. Like, how can you not appreciate that? Yep, yep. I, I can see Regardless, from- I mean, Melbourne and the Roosters, probably two of the sides on the back end of my care factor. Yep. But you got to appreciate greatness like that. You do, you do. That being said, uh, step aside, Penrith, we've all had enough. <laughs> Time for someone else to have a go. And by someone else, I don't mean anyone else. I mean Parramatta. Parramatta. <laughs> oh, uh, if they win it, I'll hate Gutho. Come on, the king. <laughs> come on. Um, um, my wife said, maybe it's because he calls himself the king. Well, I don't think he calls himself I know. the king. I mean, Wally Lewis <laughs> is the king. And uh, this is coming from a New South Welshman. Yeah. You know, he's known as the king. But, uh, yep. yeah. It's like um, there was, a, you know, Conor McGregor's old sparring partner. He had this Russian sparring partner who had a fucking shit record, salty yep. as anything, mm. and they called him the goat. The goat. <laughs> and he just ran with it. It yeah. was Artem the Goat Lobov. They're now having uh, issues, obviously, uh, for those in the know. Yep. But, yeah, he was always known as the goat, and he leaned into it. He was like, oh, yeah, they call me the goat. He's like, mate... You're a, a stillborn goat. That's what you were. <laughs> oh. Anyway. All right. And um, 
Speaking, going back to the Panthers, mate, uh, the WWE, we love a bit of wrestling. Bryson Waller. Yeah, Bryson Waller and He's LA Knight yeah. dropped into the Panthers. Now, ask me about Bryson Waller and LA Knight, mate. Well, tell me about Bryson Waller and LA Knight. I haven't heard of them before. No, mate, no, mate. I didn't see John Cena out here. <laughs> they sound like 360 days a year wrestlers on the WWE yeah, say those boys. Yeah, I'd say they're doing uh, quite... Uh, their frequent flies are up at the moment. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they dropped in and the Panthers have got themselves, given to them, I believe, by the WWE. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, the belt, mate. A custom-made WWE championship with Penrith Panthers. Uh, what are they called? Side plates or um, whatever on them? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's just go with that. Yeah. And uh, number yeah. plates, number plates, mate, number plates. So, and uh, they had um, oh, and just leaning into the hate. No, oh, isn't the- oh, aren't all the fans of the other clubs gonna love that? Yeah, but they got um, they they got your two front rowers up there, Moses Leota and the Fish up there holding it, and they looked awkward as hell. We needed someone oh, up there leaning into it, and like, let's call a spade a spade. It had to be Jerome Lewis. It had to be Jerome Lewis out there. Tall. Yeah. Hold up there, holding the belt. Oh, yeah. Anyway, mate, so that's what I yeah, saw. Yeah, Fish, Fisher Harris is all business. Yeah, he is. He's all business. Yeah. He looked like he was, um, you know, ready to take them on. And he, it, there was going to be nothing, um, uh, what do they call it? Um, uh, nothing uh, scripted about it. No. Yeah. No. no, he wasn't going to play the heel. Mm. Um, what's Des doing, mate? Uh, yeah, just finally a quick mention for us. Uh, we've discussed before when we were talking about the Titans and their um, uh, off-season preview, um, uh, review preview, if you will. We said, who's going to play fullback next year? Well, Des has come in and he's made his decision. He's put his foot down. Brimo will be in the centres next year. Mm. And uh, Jaden Campbell is going to get first crack at the number one spot. So, uh, and um, is it uh, Keon... Keeney, he's um he's going to be playing back up there. Just a young. I fella. don't. Um, yeah, I don't. I'll be interested to see how that plays out. I don't see Brimson as a week in week out centre. No, neither I'm, do I. I've, I see him as someone who can do a darn good job in that position. Yeah, but not week in week out. Yeah, mm. I, I anyway. agree. I know he's got the pace. Yep. I know he's. I know he's agile. But if you put him in one spot, I just think that yep, that could lead to issues. But it could be wrong. Yep. Um, mate, I've been uh, catching a bit of Netflix this week, mate. Yep. Bitconned. Yeah. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it, but from you. So, oh, <laughs> mate. I tell you what, you need to check it out. I need Bitconned. to check it out. So, I mean, I'm. if you want to ask me about cryptocurrency, I'm going to say, look, don't waste your time. Yep. Because if I can't see it, I ain't buying it. Yeah. You know, and that's what I think about cryptocurrency. And there'd probably be people out there going, oh, mate, you just don't know. You haven't dived into it. Don't think Jared Hayner tell you that. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> anyway, so I'm watching this uh, this Bitcoin documentary and it was, I, I, you know, scrolled through it a couple of times. I hadn't even bothered. But anyway, I decided to check it out because I had some spare time. I, I mean, I've had a bit of spare time over the last five weeks. Yeah. But, um, I mean, this documentary is about three of the biggest pieces of shit to ever walk this earth. Yeah. <laughs> one in particular, one bloke in, in particular, this is Ray Trapani, yep. you know, and he basically just goes, like, 
plays the whole documentary and just goes, oh, I'm a criminal. I'm going to always was going to be a criminal. I just wanted to make money. Just this real smug sort of young New Yorker sort of style about him who just does not give a shit. Mm. And it is so frustrating. And if I had money invested in crypto and I watched this documentary, I'd be having heart palpitations <laughs> because there are some scumbags out there, yeah. especially in this area. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but, you know, like I've said, my opinion on things like cryptocurrency is if I can't see it, I ain't buying it. There's yeah. no, there's no it, commodity there for me. It. You know, even to the point where he talks about there was this guy in it who he was so, – so, so they created this product – which was like a, a key card that you would use to, so you could use Bitcoin mm. just down the shops. Yep. Um, it was just a prototype. They had no skill or ability to make this card and make it work. And then they got people to invest in it. And that's why people just threw money at it, went, that's, this is the future. Absolutely. So, anyway, this guy was trying to, you know, invest in sort of blockchain, you know, cryptocurrency and whatnot. And then, rang them up or emailed them and got in touch with them with an issue saying, oh, look, I can't get into my account and then ended up giving him the account and password and said, instead of just giving him like a reference number. Oh. So, and this guy just openly admits on the documentary, goes, oh, and it was like $100,000 worth of Bitcoin in there and I just took it. Oh. Like the biggest piece of shit ever. Oh, you're kidding. The biggest. Yeah. And just... You know, it goes through the whole documentary and, and they tried it. It was funny because they tried to actually make it legit. Yep. Like once they started getting millions and millions flowing in for as a startup, they're like, oh, well, let's see if this actually, we can get it off the ground. And they hired people to try and build the technology and do it. But he's a junkie. So he had drug problems and spent money and just had no idea. Yeah. But... You know, it is, oh, mate, you watch it and you just go, oh, it's an eye-opener. Because yeah. you go, oh, I'm, that's n I have more sympathy for a Jamaican scammer ringing people and ripping off pensioners than I have for this bloke. Yeah. Like, he is an absolute scumbag. Yeah, wow. Well, you know, it must be good if it's, um, I mean, the doco, if um, oh, it's uh, got you this rolled up about it. But even still, the worst part about it, I haven't even gotten to the point where he flips on all the – he just gives everything and gives all the other two up oh, and then walks so away scotch-free. Yeah. And then the FBI and that when they're putting the recommendation in for his sentencing talk about how, you know, above and beyond he went to give us all the information possible and we've never seen anything like it. So he's a, he's a snitch, yeah. he's a rat, a real piece of work and one day he'll end up in jail. Yeah. He'll end up in jail. He'll do something. He'll do something else because, you know, someone with that personality, someone who is that much of a sociopath, yeah, will do it again. Yep. And you know, someone will trust him. Ah, oh, mate. Yeah. It was. It's super frustrating. You watch it and you're just like, and you know, there'd be so many people out there who just, you know, want to throw a bit of cash, try and, you know, make make their dreams come true. Yep. And these people just prey on them, rip them off, silly, and and they're left with nothing. Yep. Uh, anyway, Bitcoin, go and check it out. Bitcoin. Mm. Yep. Cool name as well. 
Yeah. Yep. Scumbag. Mate, um, I um, was away over the weekend, as I mentioned earlier, and so I was in the car, so I got into a podcast. So that, that's going to use that for my stream of the week mm. this week. The Bakersfield 3. Have you heard of it? Uh, no, but ring... Uh, so this is a true crime true crime story, and I do like a bit of true So crime. California, Bakersfield? Yeah. Yep. So California. And essentially what, it, what it's about is a, a reporter is telling the story of how she was investigating. So she was, she was one day just looking through old records and she found um, – a, um, she found the record of uh, a missing person and did a little bit of digging and led into this huge case where there was actually two people who were missing who knew each other and someone who'd died who knew each other and nobody had any idea that these cases were linked. Mm. And so um, and I'm sort of at the point now where I'm about four episodes in out of uh, I think 15 or 16 and they're talking about like each episode how things link up and she mentions things um, early on and then doesn't come back to them later. But the thing that's caught me about and the reason I'm bringing it up, mate, is because uh, it's enthralling. But I'm finding myself a little spooked while I'm listening to it. (laughs) I was listening to it yesterday. Are you looking for comfort? Mate, while I was doing some uh, gardening work and I was just, you know, Found myself a little bit on edge. One of the neighbours came up and said hello. <laughs> and I've... Oh. <laughs> so I'm listening to a podcast on true crime. Oh, yes. And I've got myself into a bit of a state. Oh, that's good. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not even a quarter of the way through this. But if that's what this is doing to me, it is an interesting listen. So mm. there you go, mate. The Bakersfield 3. Oh, mate. It's almost as scary as a... It's a trip to Epstein's Island with Stephen <laughs> Hawking. Oh, right, oh, right, oh. <laughs> oh, mate, that's that's an endless story, isn't it? What? Oh, hang on. Oh, hold on. Stop, stop. Okay. Yeah. What? Rightio, mate, what's the question? I've got a question for you, mate. Speaking of Epstein's Island... And uh, dodgy segues into things. Yep. Um, look, mate, the list is out. We've spoken about it briefly. However, what we're going to do today is I'm going to give you names. Yep. And you're going to say yes or no that they were on Epstein's Island. Yep. Now, this is all allegedly from the legal department, but it's been published. Yep. So flight logs and the like from the court proceedings. But we'll throw the allegedly anyway just to protect ourselves, eh? Yep. Okay, so I'm just going to simply give you the name. Yep. Epstein's Island, if they were on Epstein's Island, you say yes. If and they I were, haven't seen, I, yeah, I'm not if sure. If they weren't, yep. you say no. Rightio, first one, Prince Andrew. Yes. Cameron Diaz. No. She I'm, was. On the list. Mm. John F. Kennedy. No. Bruce Willis. Yes. Lennox Lewis. Yes. Oh. Oh. Chris Angel. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Donald Trump. Yes. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Stephen Hawking. Yes. Harvey Weinstein. No. <laughs> of course he was. It was Harvey Weinstein. Uh, Denzel Washington. No. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. 
No. Uh, Al Gore. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi Campbell. Yes. And Chris Tucker. Yes. <laughs> oh, mate, you've nailed it. Oh, pretty good. What was that, three wrong? Yeah, three wrong. Three wrong. Wow. Now, Chris Tucker famously is really, really good friends with Michael Jackson. So, yeah. Michael Jackson, he was there. <laughs> yes, he was there. Um, yeah, really interesting, isn't it? Like, yeah. some of the names. Like, obviously, this is just flight logs and the like, but, oh, man. But, look. The reason why I bring it up is, geez, those Stephen Hawking's memes <laughs> and videos are still just absolutely peppering the internet, and I love it. Yep, yep. Ah, oh, very good, mate. Rightio, should we get into all sport, mate? All sport, mate. Rightio, to start us off with all sport, mate, uh, UFC, the fights were back, uh, UFC 297 this weekend. Um, obviously, like I did for the recent fight night, we dropped a bit of a fight recap yep. on the YouTube channel for those who want to go and check it out. So we'll brush over it today and just go through some of the some of the bigger fights, obviously, where Drickus Duplessis has snatched gold off Sean Strickland. Yep. Um, now, we'll just touch on that. There was a bit of controversy around it at the end of it. Dana White sort of mentioned that he thought Strickland um, had won the fight. However, Duplessis stripped him of the title. It was a split decision. Yep. Um, darn close fight. But I, I mentioned on the breakdown, I, I didn't like, I don't like how Dana, and I like Dana's honesty. It's it's really, it's a, it's a hard one. Refreshing. It is refreshing. However, I don't like when he speaks about results like this yep. because essentially he's your fighter. You're promoting Drickus Duplessis and you're basically next championship fight you're promoting. You're promoting a guy who you've told the world didn't win the fight. Yeah. So I don't know why he does it. Um, I I had Drickus winning. Yeah. You know, and that's just my personal opinion. Dana sees it differently. But – yeah, I, I just, from a promotional perspective, I don't know why he goes down that path. I mean, it may be just him going, you know what, this is what I think. It doesn't matter who gives a shit. Yeah, yeah that's fair play. But um, I had Drickus winning. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going around social media in terms of the significant strikes and and the differences in there where Sean Strickland had, um, a, you know, some relatively better numbers, probably, you know, f four to five more significant strikes each round, and yep. there's some images going around that. That's all good if you're boxing. Yeah. Um, this is mixed martial arts. There's grappling, you know, wrestling, and Drickus Duplessis won all those facets. Yeah. So, yeah, there's more to it, um, and they both did damage. I I thought Drickus won it three to two. Others see differently, but, yeah, we've got a new champion. Yeah. And I'd say it's Izzy next for Izzy. Drickus. Yep. Yeah, big African showdown. Yep. UFC 300, do that and then do Strickland and Shemaev underneath it. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, in the boxing, mate, Tim Zhu. Yeah. Bud Crawford, mate. There's, look, it's it's not like they're in discussions mm. for the fight, but there is some discussion around with Bud Crawford's team about potentially going up in, in weight to super welterweight to fight Tim Zhu, which yep. is exciting for us. Um, Let's get on it. Oh, let's Come have on. it, yeah. yeah. I mean, is it 
Is Tim ready? I would probably. I would like to see him have maybe two more fights, yep. two, two to three more fights. But if this but fight comes his way, he's not going to knock it back. You wouldn't think so. Um, but in saying that too, Bud Crawford hasn't got, um, you know, he hasn't got a lack of uh, people lining up. No. You know, as contenders for him as well. It looks like um, he's got a mandatory, I believe, uh, Boots Ennis. Yep. And that looks like uh, – oh, it's not a mandatory. It would be a unification bout, sorry. Yep. Uh, that looks likely to be his next fight. But, you know, if he can unify the division and then look, you know, Tim Zoo gets another win or, you know, two wins by the end of the year, phew, you know, that could be time. Oh, mate. It'd be good. Um, so you know, you'd like to see it in 12 months. I'd like to see it in 12 months. I, I just don't – like Bud Crawford, man. Like I love Australian fighters mm. and I love Bud Crawford. He's so good. Yeah. Like he is so good and I want – you know, if Tim Zoo's going to win, you know, I want him to be ready yep. as a fan. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll see how we go. But, um, yeah, the fact that it's in the discussion is exciting enough for me. Yeah, I like it. Um, what do you got, mate? Headline of the week. Uh, yeah, so the Australian Open touched on earlier. Fantastic, we love to we love to see the Australian mm. Open, the high quality tennis um, on the. But uh, something that has disappointed again has been the um, scheduling. So I don't know if you saw it the other day, but Daniel uh, Medvedev, 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 yeah. sorry, mm. uh, he uh, started did his, an all nighter. Yeah, started his game at I think quarter past eleven and finished at three forty in the morning. Mm. I mean. Come on, it's the Australian Open. Like you need to be putting it on when. What, what's the reason they say is are they trying to pass it off as heat, or are they just like obviously it's TV. Everybody, yeah. know, everybody who's got a brain, yeah. knows that they structure these things for TV. That's why all the swimming finals are first thing in the morning at the Olympics because it's American prime time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, look, I. I uh, it must be a, a television, a, a television issue. I guess yeah. they get away with it by punting it towards, um, by uh, sorry, by saying that it it's just a heat issue. So currently, currently at the moment, it's an eleven hour time difference between yeah, um, between the Europe yeah. and Australia yeah, um, UK obviously it's it's around that eleven hours. So if you then go back another. Maybe four to eastern states. Yeah. So you're looking at um, if they're kicking off at, you know, seven o'clock. It's eight o'clock UK time. It's three four in the morning US. So they're not getting the viewership. No. So that's why if they drag it back, you're picking up viewership in the US at sort of seven eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I get that, but it's not prime. I, time, oh, look, so, I don't yeah. agree with it. I think it's, it's bullshit. The world number. I think. I mean, yeah. there's the amount of times I'll wake up early in the morning to watch bloody Premier League, yeah. and you know, I might have to get up at one two in the morning. I'm I'm with you, yeah. but it's that's the reason why. But you know, when they try and brush it off as other things, you know. Yeah. So that that's that stood out to me. I just beginning the match at. I mean, if it starts at 7 at night, it goes to 3 in the morning. Fair play. Yeah. But if you're starting it at 11 at night, you're basically cancelling a whole bunch of young Aussie tennis fans because they're not going to stay up and watch it. And we're talking about the bloke who's been world number one before. Yeah. So, so it doesn't matter. Like, it's not going to bother the athletes. The athletes are climatised for this. They're, they're yeah. ready. They're ready and prepared for that. It's a all. major. It, Who it's cares? about... 
They won't sleep for two weeks if it means winning a match. Yeah, but it's also too they you know they'll go to bed at four in the morning, but they'll sleep all day. Yeah, you know, whereas kids have got to go to school the next day. Yeah. People are, you know, the partners at home in Australia here wanting to watch their home open and go to work the next day. Yeah. They're going to miss it. It's ordinary. Mm. That's me, mate. What about you? I agree, mate. Um, making the break count, mate. Yep. Ravens and 49ers. Uh, they've gone through, mate, through to the yeah. conference championships. Lions took advantage of their home fields as well to progress, but uh, the Bills were beaten by the Chiefs. They were, yeah. Um, some good football all Chiefs around. Didn't Jason Kelsey like it? Oh. <laughs> and he was ripping in. Oh. I think it was. Was that like the first time that Taylor? That was met? the yeah, report. Yeah. I'm not sure whether it was, but we That's will a go pisser. with that. Isn't it? It's like and you meet that that creepy uncle for the first time, and yeah. he just turns it on. I love the fact that he retired. Um, five days earlier or something like that, left Philly, and he's wearing a KC hat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he's supporting yeah. his... Oh, it's fair play. Yeah. Um, so the Ravens... Dane, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help yourself. Go on. Uh, so the Ravens defeated the Texans. Uh, 49ers beat the Packers. The 49ers-Packers game was good. Yeah. It was good. Um, Detroit... Defeating Tampa Bay, Baker May- Mayfield, a really, really good season. He mm. bows out. Um, he was only on a one-year deal. Yeah. So he's he's there. He's, you know, they, they're thinking that he may pick up the franchise tag at Tampa Bay. They'll yeah. want to hold on to him. But I'll tell you what, he's done himself. Um, he's, well, he's done his accountant yeah. a, a good uh, solid this season, Baker Mayfield. But, you know, you think about, uh, you know, we talk about Seattle and, you know, other sides that need a good QB. Yep. Jeez, Baker Mayfield might go to auction. Yeah. Jeez, it'd be pretty good. Get on him. Um, the Chiefs, they just did it again against the Bills. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, obviously the Bills missed an opportunity um, yep. with the fell goal at the end. And, I mean, talk about the kiss of death. Oh. Like saying it's, you know, we bring this guy in and talking about, you know, paraphrasing the coach saying, and, you know, we just know if it's on the on the 40-yard line, he just doesn't miss. And oh. then he misses. Had to happen. Had to happen. Mm. Yeah, look, for, for me, the Chiefs just, you know, they're, they're veterans but now. But long-suffering Bills fans, though. Like, oh. they've been there or thereabouts. Yeah. And, yeah, they'd be disappointed. Yeah. Um, Rightio, some fresh news that's just come in, mate. The big show's big night. Yeah. Now, we had a little bit of a talk about this prior to the show, and we, we still – this is all just new coming out. Yeah. On, I, I saw it on Fox Sports before. But um, there's early reports that Glenn Maxwell has absolutely ripped in on the pierce yep. and he's ended up in hospital. Yeah, early reports, as you said, we're not – certain about what's going on at this stage, how he's ended up in the hospital, but mm. it has been um, reported that he has ended up in the hospital yeah. in the emergency and he was out on the... the and the, he has form. He's oh. almost lost a leg. Yeah. He fell out of a golf cart. Yeah. Like he, I mean, he knows how to turn it on. He does. The big show. Yeah. Um, which, you know, fair play. Yeah. You know, we're okay with that here oh, at Sports yeah, Attention. Like, However... Nothing... Nothing new under the sun there. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe it's time to reel it in a bit. Yeah, mate. Big Show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Big Show by name. Yeah. Big Show by nature. Or at least go over to the States where no one knows yeah. who you are and, and have a good run at it. But um, so no more to report on in terms of, what, like, we don't know what's happened. Do you, mm. do you reckon he's been chinned? I reckon there's a chance that's what could have happened. Yeah. Like, I think it, there was a mention of possibly he became unconscious. Yeah. 
Now, the likelihood of him getting chinned as opposed to drinking himself unconscious, I mean, might wedge over to that way, yep. but yeah. They're, we're just speculating at we're this Absolutely, stage. yeah. yeah. We're, yep. But uh, if you know more or if you'd care to speculate, let us know. Let us know, yeah. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, if he was at a strip club and he was on the pole and he slid down and knocked his head on the dance floor, let us know. Yeah. I mean, we're <laughs> okay with that. evidence of that. <laughs> All right, mate. Now, look, I'm on one today, Potty. I'm on one today. Now, just as I mentioned that I was checking out Fox Sports about, you know, Glenn Maxwell and being on the piss, speaking about piss, taking the piss, Mm. Cricket for Climate, have you heard of it before? Oh, yeah, a little bit. What the actual fuck? Yep. So they've reeled out Pat Cummins and some other palooka with a white shirt who was talking about, I think he was from a local cricket club, oh, and yeah. saying that the uh, the Cricket for Climate Institution have come in with a big grant or something where they've generated some money and they're getting some solar panels and stuff like that, which it's, you know, cricket clubs getting solar panels and, yeah, and doing that. Yeah, fair play, absolutely. But... The verbal diarrhoea I had to listen to for five minutes about how they're trying to lower cricketers' carbon footprint in this earth made me sick. (laughs) It made me sick. You know, just the way they went on about, oh, you know, and we're just like we we fly around the world and we're just really, really trying to be aware of what we do. Are they putting solar panels on their bats, are they? Oh, mate, they were talking about how... You know, it's impacting cricket worldwide because we can't predict when it's going to rain and, you know, the weather, it's having lots of dry oh, spells. And How about that? <laughs> and they were talking about, oh, I, one of the guys, he's like, oh, yeah. And I was at the, um, I was at Monica Oval where they had the big smoke cloud come over and, you know, it was really concerning and we as a cricket community need to do more. Fucking good luck controlling the weather, champ. Yep, well done, well done. <laughs> you idiot. Get your solar panels on so you can control the weather. Mate, you walk around with a solar panel on your scone and I'll respect you. <laughs> yeah, mate, that's, oh. that's, that, that's well said. Turn so, it up, play some cricket. What? It got worse. Oh. So obviously they were on one. And these journalists, like the journalists, I, I understand they've got a job to do, but... Geez, they, they can run with one. Yep. So straight away, we've got you in on the climate change. How about we talk about Australia Day? Yeah. <laughs> so then straight away, they're into question after question for Pat Cummins about changing the date. And they obviously know Pat Cummins' opinion on this and yep. they know they're going to get a soundbite out of him, hence the question, you fuckwits. You're not fooling anyone here. Like, We're in the seriously. Ah, oh, mate. Talk about the upcoming test, would you? Yep. Anyway. So, that ruined my day, mate. Yeah, I can understand that, mate. But anyway, we're going to perk it up. Rightio, we're going to get into the internet is undefeated, mate. Um, I'll just flick the screen over here. The internet is undefeated. Now, we're going to look at a few things that have been uh, going around the world. Um, In terms of 
the internet being undefeated. Mm, what have we got, mate? Now, the first one is this one. Uh, Lincolnshire mum claims to have the biggest eyebrows in Britain. <laughs> have you seen this one, mate? No, I haven't seen that one. This is fantastic. Oh. So anyway, as you can see... <laughs> Jeez. Right. On on the image here, she claims to have the biggest eyebrows in Britain. And if we go through the comments, it <laughs> is <laughs> a treat. Okay. Teeth like a witch doctor's necklace. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, some man still would. <laughs> Why are her teeth cross-legged? <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Beauty is only a light switch away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? She has is the biggest Sharpie marker in the world. <laughs> oh, te- teeth like a bombed out graveyard. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this one's the best. Oh, looks like she suffers from Stonehengevitis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is brilliant. Oh, very good. And sticking in the UK, mate, we've got... Uh, <laughs> what else we we got, got one comes from the Metro News. A couple get an £11,000 gas bill. Because they didn't know who to pay for eighteen years. <laughs> now that's a, that's fair enough. You just go, oh, that's that's a pretty piss funny headline. But if you look at this guy's haircut, yeah, this is where the internet takes over. What does that haircut remind you of, Ah, uh, mate? I don't know, but it's. Um... Do you think what about Oasis? Oh, yep, Oasis. Ah, <laughs> uh, so bet he's looking back in anger. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jay from the in between. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. What else we got? A champagne super gas bill. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, that is so good. Oh, so Sally can't wait. <laughs> oh, very good. The internet is undefeated. Oh. Look at this one, mate. Vin Shady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so for those listeners here, there's a picture of Vin Diesel with a slim shady haircut. Oh, it is good. That is, it is a good. And this one was an interesting one. Do you remember bum fights? Yeah. So this one popped up where um, the the person who ran bum fights, this is pre-YouTube, yeah. like bum fights back in the day, like which was a group that would go around and they would pay homeless people to fight yeah. and it was called bum fights. Like it was like, I mean, it was terrible, yeah. you know, what happened. Like, <laughs> you know, so at least once a month, this guy writes, at least once a month I re- randomly remember that Dr. Phil once invited the creator of bum fights video series on his show to confront him about exploiting vulnerable people for financial gain only for him to show up dressed as Dr. (laughs) Phil and point out that he does the exact same thing (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, yeah oh that is riffing oh wow anything else oh here we go final one Tyreek Hill 
he's um, taken on 40 yeah, female uh, athletes in a flag football run. So he comes in, he comes in, he ends up just burning these girls. And they're, they're high school girls. And yeah. Tyreek Hill, I mean, he does that to professional NFL players. Yeah. But I had to look at the uh, comments for this one, and it was great. <laughs> Just Google black man runs through 40 white women. Zero <laughs> football-related results. <laughs> <laughs> oh, try this with a black woman next time. Different result. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is how good I am at avoiding women. <laughs> oh. Oh. The internet is undefeated. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, and the final one, mate. Uh, where did this one go? There we go. So you've oh, seen yeah. this one. Yeah, yeah. So when you're playing golf, there is nothing more frustrating than having a group in front that are extremely slow. So this group has decided we called the pro shop on the guys in front of us for playing slow. So the Rangers obviously come out and give them a earful. And they literally shit in the cup. So they've gone to the next <laughs> hole. <laughs> These guys have done a turd inside the hole. <laughs> oh. oh, boys. Oh, wow. Oh, that is fantastic. And for those of you out there, just remember the internet is undefeated. Happy days, mate. Happy days. Oh, very good, mate. Rightio, rightio, the show goes on, mate. Any punts, any uh, tipping, punting? Nothing on the nothing on the um, punt this weekend, mate. Nothing on the punt? Yep. What about you, mate? Oh, I've got nothing on the punt this week. Mm. No, nothing uh, no news to report on. No. Um, I've definitely got Don't a... Don't play um, the pokies. No, that, well, that's definitely <laughs> a good tip. I've definitely got a, an article that I will share with, uh, with the punters next episode that I had sent through from a listener, which is a brilliant one. We haven't got it in the show this week, so I'll give you a little teaser mm. uh, heading into next episode, mate. But the best teaser of all, Penis of the Week, mate. What do you got? Penis of the Week. Mate, I was um, looking around, thinking about the Penis of the Week. I just simply could not go by um, the scheduling of the Australian Open. That was just yeah, Penis of the enough. Week for me, mate. Disappointing. Look after the Australian viewers, the Australian fans. Fans, get it right. Couldn't agree more. Penis of the week. Um, mate, for me, the insufferable Canadian journalist assigned to the UFC event last week. I don't know if you saw any of the videos, but Sean Strickland, mm. now he lost his title at UFC 297. Anybody who knows fighting knows Sean Strickland doesn't shy away from telling us what he really thinks. And he's made some comments in the past that have been chopped up, you know, around transgender, around the LGBT community, all that sort of stuff. And if you are a supporter of that, you're probably not going to like what he said. So anyway, he's turned up for his press conference and these journos have asked a ton of questions completely unrelated mm. to the fight and baiting him into a soundbite. And he bit back yeah. the first one and just absolutely let him have it yeah. about the Canadian political system and how they're socialists and oh. all this sort of stuff. So he just unleashed. And then at the end of it, he's like, have I stepped too far? And the, the UFC media officer's going, yes. And he goes, well, what do I do? These pieces of shit baited me. <laughs> you know, and the way they did it, 
I think was a disgrace. Yeah. Like if you are assigned a, you know, a media license to go into these events, you need to respect the event. You know, get off your high horse, get off your moral high ground. Yes, if you have a certain area or or something that you feel passionately about, speak about it. That's the beauty of free speech. But to take over an event like the UFC, and Dana White came out after and he swung just as hard as Sean Strickland. He said, you guys baited him. You got what you wanted. You baited him. And I'm pretty sure that those blokes had their media passes revoked after that. Mm. But penis of the week, absolutely. Those journalists who think, you know, oh, I'm going to take it upon myself to, you know, just make it all about me and my agenda, piss off. Yep. Penis of the week. You know, well deserved. Whether, you, whether you agree or disagree with what the fighter is saying or the political views that they have, let's talk about the fights because that's what you're there to report on. Yep. Don't make it about you. It pisses me off when journalists do that. Mate. Penis of the week. Well said. Um, right here, mate, we done. Happy days. Nailed it. Another big week. Nailed it. Um, yeah. Anything to add before we finish up, mate? Other than telling the punters to like and subscribe like, to the subscribe. show. Check out the video. Yep. Listen, download, give us all the love you possibly can because we bloody need it. Yep, we do. And maybe after this episode, we'll probably be cancelled. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if YouTube will like it too much, but hey, stuff them. Yep. Um, without further ado, mate, we, we're done. We'll wrap this one up. And uh, for all of our listeners down in Kayama, home of the nights, we say good night. Farewell.